A rogue band of resistance fighters unite for a daring mission to steal the Death Star plans and bring new hope to the galaxy. Star plans are not in the main computer. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? What have you done with those plans? It was really George's idea. In fact, one of the first things he sat down and talked to me about was not only picking up the saga again, which he never envisioned he would do, but was ready to do. But he also was really interested in exploring all the stories that might exist inside the universe. We've talked about Zero Dark Thirty, Saving Private Ryan, saving Private Ryan Black Hawk Down. You're not kidding about this being a war picture, are you? No. <laughs> it's called Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars Story. fans and move milkers everywhere welcome to episode number 53 of blast points Whew, that's gave it how, how are you holding up and i don't know it's it's been uh there's a lot of rogue west rogue one stuff going on i think uh i've almost reached the point where i'm so excited that i'm almost like my body's shutting down and i'm just <laughs> numb i can't even tell how excited i am because it's <laughs> going overboard it's the calm before the storm right it's kind of like the storm before the hurricane though because it's like <laughs> there's been so much stuff this this weekend and then there's going to be what four more days this week of just more anticipation plus more probably more tv spots more interviews reviews will start coming out yeah tuesday reviews start coming out like when the day this episode comes out reviews will start hitting that'll be interesting because just the twitter stuff over the weekend was been crazy enough it's always been a crazy time, uh, even during the prequels, the week that a new Star Wars movie comes out. Oh, yeah. Well, what's funny is I was <laughs> I was talking to my wife about Christmas shopping, and I was like, man, we got to get all the presents next week because Christmas is next weekend. She's like, Christmas isn't for two more weeks. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's just Rogue One. <laughs> what can you get a wooden for Christmas when he already owns a comb? 
It's Rogue One week for us. This is Rogue One week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, time is starting to slow down. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my days until Thursday as busy as humanly possible. <laughs> like, trying to think of as many th- chores I can do in any down... So I have no downtime, so I don't completely freak out and jump out a window. I mean, I guess maybe we're jumping ahead, but man, just those Entertainment Weekly pictures the other day of the Bib Fortuna-looking guy <laughs> that shut me down for a while. <laughs> just thinking about that dude. <laughs> just pass out. <sighs> Bees Beezer Fortuna, I think they said it, his name is. No, did they? I didn't see what they said yeah, his name. I think it here. I mean, I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure they said his name is Beezer. Beezer Fortuna. I think so. <laughs> So, what is it? Is he, is he Bib's brother? Is he brother Bib? Yeah, here's a, it says Beezer, B-E-E-Z-E-R, no. Fortuna. <sighs> so, yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's Bib's cousin <laughs> who really likes Weezer. What's with his I don't know. <laughs> Beezer, Fortuna. Yeah, I hope he kisses somebody. <sighs> gonna kiss me (laughs) kiss more off on the lips that's the third Star Wars standalone Beezer Fortuna a Star Wars story I'm getting in line right now I'm ready the ultimate Star Wars experience. <laughs> I'm getting D-Box tickets for that one. <laughs> you gotta get B's box tickets. <laughs> <laughs> the tickets cost a fortuna. <laughs> they were no longer mine. Yeah, so we gotta keep busy. If we sent into madness. Yeah. We're both in the Midwest, and um, we got hit with a ton of snow, so hopefully we can just go out there and just keep shoveling constantly or something. Yeah. Uh, Our wives yelling at us. Keep shoveling. (laughs) You should come in and eat. Oh. (laughs) I'm going to die if I don't come. Got to keep busy. (laughs) Got to stay strong. Peace or Fortuna. (laughs) Let's, Let's try and stop us from completely flipping out with Rogue One here. Because if you can believe it, there was some episode eight news. Get Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. And we all keep forgetting because we're distracted by Rogue One that, right, episode eight is like, in some respects, it's done. There's an edit that people have been watching, right? And they're working on effects for. It's one year away. Like when you think of a year ago in The Force Awakens, it doesn't seem that long ago. Like, The Force Awakens is still kind of fresh. Yeah. And but he, it's a year, there's a year left, but they're so far along. Like, they're done filming. Yeah. Other than there's going to, I'm sure there'll be reshoots and things. And especially, actually, with the reshoots working out so well for Rogue One, I can imagine every Star Wars movie from now on having unlimited funds for reshoots. Yeah. Somebody knows oh, yeah. the oh. whole story for Episode Eight right now mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, there was news that John Williams is going to start scoring it very, very, very soon. Well, and it's like before we know it, it's going to be 
getting close to April and celebration, and things are going to start building up for eight. Well, I was thinking about that the other day that I'm so pumped for Rogue One. It's weird to think about we're going to celebration in April, uh-huh. and I'm not going to be like learning about Rogue One. Like Rogue One's going to already have been out. We're going to be in the midst of post Rogue One fever. And all of a sudden, we're going to start getting episode eight stuff, which is just, yeah, it's crazy to think that it's going to be that way for probably until we're dead. (laughs) (laughs) However long we can last, there's going to be Star Wars fever forever. I was saying Star Wars is either trying to kill me or keep me alive. It's trying to do both. (laughs) (laughs) It wants to bring you to the edge of death and then bring you back to life. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. So what was going on with episode eight in the last couple weeks? They're both crazy in their own way. The first was Daisy Ridley was in uh, speaking with Time Out London. And then she's just saying crazy nonsense about uh, basically who her family is. She said, uh, I thought a lot of it was answered in The Force Awakens. Then after the screening, I went for a drink with my agent and everyone. And we were chatting away and I realized that, oh, in their minds, it's not answered at all. So, according to Daisy Ridley, it's obvious who her family is in the movie, which just sounds like crazy talk to me. Did it make you think of anything? Like, like the I, evidence that you're given in Episode 7? Like, so what is she talking about? I couldn't think of anything. It's like, we, it's like how many times have we thought about that in the last year? <laughs> yeah, how many times it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 it's like, how I'm done. How many more times can we? It's like, I'm done thinking about that. So, I mean, maybe, yeah, after Episode 8, we'll all be like, duh was right there in front of us but i mean my first thought was it's the obvious answer that it's luke skywalker because like when i saw the force awakens with my wife we walked out, and she was like, well, Luke's her dad. It's pretty clear. And I was like, well, I don't know. You know, people don't know. There's a lot of questions. You know, and she's just like, well, what do you mean people don't know? It's obvious. So I was just like, well, you know, maybe, you know. I think Tito's her dad. <laughs> I, Tito, Uncar Plutt, the laughing guys from Maz's bar. G897. G897. You know, I was thinking about, Gabe, the other day I was vacuuming, and I was like, you know, we haven't talked about GA, G, GA97 enough lately. Yeah, he's still there, though. We're still talking about him. <laughs> he's in my heart. I like that when you're vacuuming, you think of him, because he could kind of look like he made out of a vacuum, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what made GA7 drift back into my mind, but I was just like... He, he could be a cyborg, so he could be Ray's dad. Or her mom. Or both. Mm-hmm. All of the above. Um, I think part of the reason GA97's maybe slipping from our minds is they still haven't made a figure for him. Which is cruel. Yeah, I don't but, know what Hasbro's doing. I don't know, maybe he'll be in Rogue One. GA96. <laughs> I mean, that would make total sense. He's a friend of the Rebellion. Yeah. Member of the Alliance and friend of a Rebellion. He's like Art Carney. Maybe uh, Mon Mothma gives a speech using the microphone that ultimately becomes his face. 
and that's his cameo. The end credits go up, and it's Mon Mothma singing into that microphone. Rogue One, I hope you had fun. <laughs> Star Wars will never be done. <laughs> Just wait for episode eight. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. Try not to die. Give it a try. <laughs> you know, they said they wanted to mix up Rogue One, right? So maybe it should have the like Lord of the Rings really serious singing over the uh, credits or something. <laughs> Some opera singer singing about Star Wars. <laughs> Genesso. <laughs> How cool was Chirrut? Maybe the two-tube slow jam. <laughs> Two tubes. Me and you. Eggmate. Yeah, we got Rogue One Madness. <laughs> <laughs> so what else what else was going on with eight in these days? Alright, so yeah. Just to just to kind of distract us from Rogue One. The rumor comes out that, okay, Snoke's going to be more in Episode 8. Surprise, surprise. But supposedly, when he's not a hologram, he's going to be like an eight-foot-tall puppet. No. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, it sounds like someone's trying to make a movie just for us. Yeah, I, when I first read that, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Are they listening to the show? Are they giving us, are they like, you know, I don't, maybe, maybe. Did they listen to the, the George Lucas Super Live Adventure episode with the giant fairy puppet? Maybe they did. I hope they're like, we want these guys to be happy. <laughs> I think these guys would flip out if Snoke was a giant eight foot tall puppet. Yeah. Uh, then I thought, who, who has a hand that big? <laughs> But, you know, why not, right? It's kind of like everyone loved the Yoda puppet in Empire Strikes Back, so maybe they're doing the the evil training mirror version of that with, instead of a tiny Yoda puppet, a giant Snoke puppet. Mm. Who knows if um, Yoda puppet or some form of the Yoda puppet is going to show up in 8. So if it'll be like even directly mirroring what's going on in 8. Like Ghost Yoda Puppet in real life Snoke Puppet. Mm-hmm. It's just so crazy to think, like, because we've seen Snoke in a CG form, which I think the rumor was that he's still CGI maybe for the holograms, mm-hmm. but when he's flesh and blood, he's going to be a puppet. If Skywalker returns, the new Jedi will rise. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it might be. We thought the giant turkey was like, you know, that's nonsense. But no, <laughs> there might actually be a... Maybe that was Snoke. Maybe. Maybe the space like, horse is, is Snoke. It's all Snoke. Yeah. Like, is there going to be a shot of, like, a ship lands and a, the door opens and this giant eight-foot Snoke marionette's walking down the, <laughs> down the walkway? I'm trying to make, like, a mental note of a checklist... Of everything we've seen or heard about eight, and it's like a giant space horse, possibly a giant turkey or a chicken, a rotisserie chicken walking around, a Snoke puppet, 
<laughs> Everything on the list is insane. Yeah. This was a uh, reminder that episode eight is coming in the best possible way. <laughs> Leave the base at once and come to me with Kylo Ren. It is time to complete his training. Well, I think about that a lot of Snoke's line of um, that it's time to complete Kylo Ren's training. They'll shut me down sometimes. I'll speak. What? What does that mean? Complete his training? Like, training to be what? A Sith? No. Because Snoke, we don't, Snoke's not like a Sith, like the dark side. That's a good point, because I think when we had talked about this before, I didn't really sink in the fact that unless that was just a a trick for episode seven, that if Snoke really isn't a Sith, yeah, what would he be training Kylo to be? Yeah. What's his end game with Kylo Ren? Just to get Luke Skywalker? I don't know. Because it seems like what all Snoke is concerned about in The Force Awakens is like... Yeah, stopping Luke. Yeah, stop new Jedi from coming. Skywalker, like, don't we? They can't. The Resistance cannot find Skywalker, and we can't let new Jedi come. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe during the training, it'll be like the cave in Empire, and we'll see a giant puppet version of Adam Driver (laughs) (laughs) interacting with a puppet Luke Skywalker. It's just all part of the dream sequence feel of the movie. It's going full puppet. Visions in the Force are full puppet. (laughs) The Force lightsaber and new Yoda puppet, each sold separately from Kenner Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Well, I can't wait. Kind of as excited as I am for Rogue One, I'm also excited to begin the era of Episode Eight. Yeah, because it is... It's a different feeling like waiting for the episode movies now that we've had both waiting for Rogue One. Yes. And it's kind of nice because I still feel like with Rogue One, to me, there's less pressure on it because I kind of, we know what it's going to be for the most part. And like I've said before, it feels like the standalone movies are basically movie adaptations of the comic books because they're the kind of stories that you would have traditionally got in Star Wars comics. So I kind of know what to expect where with episode seven and now episode eight, because that's completely uncharted territory story-wise. I don't know. It's just a lot more speculation. I've been fighting for the rebellion for a long time. A cause that I believe in. I believe in you. I believe in her. We all do. I'm not used to people sticking around when things go bad. We can do this together. May the Force be with us. Rogue One, Star Wars story. So yeah, we are, like we're saying, this is the week of Rogue One. We're so close, you can smell it. And it's the the culmination of a little over, no, well, at least a year, two years of anticipation. The concept of the Star Wars standalone movie was first announced back in 2013. 
And when it was announced, it was announced with the idea that uh, Lawrence Kasdan and Simon Kinberg would be writing it, which is interesting because at that time, Kasdan was not hired on to be working on Seven, or at least not publicly announced that he was going to be working on Seven. And so that got a lot of speculation going, and immediately people started assuming that Kasdan was going to be writing a Boba Fett movie. And I think that was that was like everybody's first thought that the, maybe the first spinoff was going to be Boba Fett based. Yeah, I remember that. Which who knows that you know the Boba Fett movie was probably in some sort of development at that point. Yeah. Well, didn't in the end it pan out that it wasn't Kinberg working on the Boba Fett film, and then we find it found out that Kasdan was working on the Han Solo film. So the fact that Rogue One came out first is even kind of more impressive because it. It seems like it was the one that was potentially the least being worked on. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting now, too, we all know the story of John Knoll, how he pitched the idea for Rogue One back during Episode 3, when they were starting to throw around the idea of doing a Star Wars live-action TV show. And McCallum and Lucas, it wasn't exactly what they had in mind for the Star Wars TV show. So then he pitched, uh, Noel pitched the idea to Kathy Kennedy and Kiri Hart. And somehow, and I'm very happy it is, that became the, the go-ahead for the first Star Wars story anthology movie. Which is- oh, and we should mention, I don't think we were, this came out between the last few episodes that if, if you haven't read the Wired article with John Noel from a couple weeks ago. Oh my God. I don't remember if we talked about that, but it's. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. We put a link up up to it on our Facebook page, too. Um, You can still find it there. But, um, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing article. He doesn't talk about being stalked at um, Borders Bookstore in Ann Arbor, Michigan, by a a host of a Star Wars podcast. (laughs) See, and you missed out because now he's going to be too famous now. He was already a superstar and after Rogue One. Yeah. Not everyone gets to be a Naboo pilot and (laughs) invent Photoshop. A co-invent Photoshop. Well, it, it comes from the opening two paragraphs of the crawl in episode four. Uh, and while it's uh, it's just sort of exposition for that film, it's hard to read those lines without thinking, boy, that that's a that could be a really cool story. But um, it's like you got to give him credit, like Lucasfilm credit, because Rogue One is a tougher sell than making your first Star Wars standalone movie about young Han Solo or even uh, Boba Fett doing who knows what. Right. Well, because it's effectively a movie about people you've never heard of. The time frame, I mean, the, the only, I guess, initial character people knew was the Death Star. <laughs> it's like it has the Death Star in it and then all these new people. Because yeah, the longest time we all assumed Vader would be in it, but we didn't know for sure. Yeah, and it was just pitched as rebel soldiers. Uh, in a war film, but what what's interesting now, and I'm really curious to see, since it's you know Lucasfilm has been in talks of what they're going to do next, is based on the initial reactions from the premiere. If everyone's loving this movie as much as it sounds like they are, I wonder if that's going to change their focus to make these standalone movies have more brand new characters as opposed to them being backstory films for existing characters. Yeah. Um, since it seemed like initially people weren't too sure how well people were going to warm up to these brand new people who only exist in one Star Wars movie. But, you know, maybe Boba Fett will kind of stay on the back burner because they're going to want to do another 
um, similar take to Rogue One, where it's a whole new cast and characters. I would like that. I mean, there will always be time and room somewhere for a Boba Fett movie. Well, and maybe they're mixing into the Han movie. Yeah. We said, who knows? Mm-hmm. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. But I would be all into the whatever standalone is that comes out after episode nine to be another original story. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's cool to see that that gamble's paying off and that there is, they can do a good standalone story with new characters and that people are receptive to it. Um, and then having the, you know, potentially the, the known characters more or less as cameos or, or supporting characters and letting the new characters be the star. In 2014, it was first announced that Gareth Edwards would be the director of this uh, then-unknown Star Wars movie that was going to come out after Episode Seven, And then it wasn't until right before Celebration Anaheim that we got the title. And then just months later, we had that, there was that first, um, what they called it, a moving poster trailer for Rogue One. Yeah, with the jungle stuff in the Death Star. Yeah, and then that's where they first gave the first description of the plot, kind of confirming the rumors that it's about stealing the Death Star plans. Yeah. Well, and we got that early concept art with the U-Wing that no one realized was the U-Wing until they announced the U-Wing and everyone felt stupid for not noticing the U-Wing right away. <laughs> yeah, and Felicity Jones was announced kind of before that, too. Because remember there was all that art coming out of everyone assumed since it was titled Rogue One, there was all that art of Felicity Jones in like a rebel pilot uniform. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I remember when they first announced the title Rogue One, I was like, oh, cool, it's like an X-Wing pilot movie. Yeah, I thought the same thing for the longest time, that it was just going to be early Rogue Squadron or something with X-Wings, which it seems like we're going to get plenty of X-Wings in the film, even though it's not specifically about them. So then, fast forward, April 2016, we got the first trailer. Like, wasn't it that it was the day after Force Awakens came out on home video? Oh, you're right. Yeah, right. Because we were like, man... Force Awakens is going to be on Blu-ray. It's kind of done with. Rogue One stuff's going to start up. And then it was like that the next day. Like, yeah. didn't wait at all. Yeah. Yeah. We got that very first teaser. State your name for the record. Jen Erso. Forgery of Imperial documents. Possession of stolen property. Aggravated assault. Resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15, reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. With the siren. Yeah, which, yeah, who knows? We talked about this before, but who knows how much of that first teaser is going to end up in the movie. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, worth mentioning because I don't, it doesn't really spoil anything. Is it's, it's been kind of crazy to hear so much from some of the, the tweets from the premiere of that. S- some people are saying up to 50% of the footage in the trailers we've seen are actually not takes that are in the movie, which is in a way pretty cool that they're marketing the movie with stuff that's different than, you know, at least different takes from what you're seeing in the movie, which is kind of cool. Other than, I don't know. It makes me sad then when the trailers aren't on the Blu-ray because then you can't really watch that stuff. But you know, it's exciting that you're watching with as many TV spots that it's potentially not really spoiling the movie as much as people think it is. 
And the crazy thing with all the, like, there have been, I think now, I think there have been, like, four or 5,000 TV spots, I think, at this point. I think so. And the, but they all, in all the trailers, like we've said that before, all are kind of the same moments over and over and over again. There's still so much of this movie we haven't seen that we're going to see in a matter of days. It's it's kind of exciting because going into Force Awakens, we knew so much. Or at least we thought yeah. we did. Yeah, it did seem like as much as we thought we didn't know it all, when you saw the movie, it was kind of like, oh yeah, I guess we did kind of see everything before the movie started. This one, we don't know. This one's a wild card. We have no idea. Yeah, and it sounds like people are... There's been, you know, multiple multiple people saying that there's things that they had no idea were coming in this film. So, I mean, the premiere was last weekend. It was on Saturday. There was a giant X-Wing parked there. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. They had to close the street down just for that. Yeah. Well, and even before that, on there's a great moment in um, last week's episode of the Star Wars show where they were showing... Um, like a Lucasfilm rap party with toasting with champagne. Somebody picked up their iPhone and they had John Knoll on the phone. And he was saying that he was talking to George Lucas and that George Lucas loved it. I got off the phone about a half hour with George Lucas. His story was really emotional and it all looked great. And I just couldn't stop talking about how happy he was. <laughs> Which I like that John Knoll... And George Lucas can have a phone conversation about Rogue One. Well, you got to think if of all the people who've worked with Lucas at this point, I mean, other than like, De- you know, Dennis Murian and some of those guys who are still around, John Knoll has spent a lot of time working with Lucas over the years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's cool that he likes it. I can't, it, it makes sense to me because it's the universe he loves and feels like home to him, but it's not directly them changing characters that. You know, it's their new characters, which I got to think he's much more at ease of seeing a story about characters that are new and not someone changing his characters. And if the rumors are true, it sounds like they're pushing technology in ways we have not seen before, which Lucas might be. No, that's what it's all about for me. I like that. I like that whole lot, you know. And we've talked about this. It's weird that this is the movie that specifically is a retro movie because it's going back to the time frame before the 77 movie, but they're actually, yeah, it was shot digitally. It's got a lot more visual effects. It seems like a lot more CG stuff as much as they're still pushing that there's, you know, sets and practical puppets and things, which George Lucas likes those too. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like, yeah, it is kind of, it's taking a lot more risks and chances than force awakens did. Yeah. It, um, and, and there could be effects in this that are unlike anything that people have ever seen before. We loved it. We're such fans. So it would be very strange when we'd be in a scene and we'd be sort of shooting lasers at each other and then it, they'd say cut and we'd go, oh my God, this is incredible. Thank you so much and thank you to all the fans out there for keeping this alive. Yeah, so the premiere was the other night. Did you did, did you watch any of it, Gabe? So I didn't get to watch the premiere. I actually kind of forgot it was on because there was the Chinese premiere on... Uh, what was that on Friday? Yeah. Um, but then yes, Saturday night I was I was too busy watching Crystal Skull with my son. So <laughs> you're a, 
A teacher? Part-time. Which is, if you're not going to watch the Rogue One premiere, in my opinion, the only other thing you should be watching is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So. Yeah. Crystal Skull was a good a good use of my time. Still got it. So there were in some interesting takeaways from the premiere the other night. I might have been the only person in the world that was freaking out, dancing around the living room, smashing bottles over my head. Or when they talked to Lawrence Kasdan, which Kasdan was at the premiere, and the, um, the reporter asked Lawrence Kasdan, if he was involved with any of the writing of Rogue One. Kasdan almost seemed kind of irritated by the question, but he answered it saying, no, he's involved in the writing of the episodes. What? So he might still be around helping. Yeah. So I was just like, wait a minute. He said episodes, plural. And that freaked me out. Because I was like, does he have a hand in eight, nine? Probably, maybe. <sighs> yeah, maybe. I don't know, though, because it's, one of the reasons they got Ryan Johnson is because he's a writer, too. But, yeah, maybe he's just part of the story group for the episode films. When it's or like the stuff. Well, I mean, I guess technically, too, they even, I mean, even him and J.J. have talked about, there was stuff they wrote for seven that they held on to, I think, for seven, for eight and nine. Yeah. So it'd just be talking about the outlines and things they came up with for seven are still being incorporated in eight and nine. Well, and there was that article that came out with um, Gareth Edwards, a.k.a. Garth Brooks, where he was talking about uh, making a Star Wars movie as a team effort. And part of me is, like, all the time, like, I remind myself that, like, we're so used to all of Star Wars coming from one person. Yeah. And it's, like, it's even when when J.J. was announced as the director for Seven, there were a lot of people that assumed, oh, well, he's J.J.'s George Lucas now. You know, you got to have someone to point to and be, like, that's where all the ideas are coming from. And I think for some folks, like the, um, the Lucasfilm story group and how kind of coming up with these ideas and keeping everything together is a very much a, a round table. And again, it seems like from what we're seeing from people's reactions to, to Rogue One, that that's paying off. It seems to have been paying off with Clone Wars and Rebel stuff kind of being mixed in with each other and the recent novelizations like the, the catalyst, like all working in, I mean, it seems like the story group stuff is working out well. And so Filoni was at the premiere and he didn't talk about anything rebels related, how, what it has to do with Rogue one, but he did have on his tie, very little clone trooper heads, which I was like, where do you get a tie with tiny, tiny, tiny little clone trooper heads on it? He's probably got his own. He's got a special tailor. Probably. And he's wearing his cowboy hat. Yeah, I thought he. I, I did see some pictures of him. I thought maybe he'd have like a fancy, a fancy dress cowboy hat for premieres, <laughs> like a big feather on it, like a member of Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and a big buckle on the front. <laughs> but I guess it's just always that one hat. Yeah, it's his luck. Maybe it's his lucky hat. I don't know. It could be. I did like watching it, though, because you could see Filoni going around in the background. He was really easy to spot. He's the only dude wearing a giant cowboy hat to the premiere of Rogue One. Yeah. I wonder if he takes it off during the movie. I'd hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd suck to sit behind him and be like, man, you're great, Filoni, but take the damn hat off. <laughs> I can't see. If you release anything of Star Wars to the Star Wars fans, they will replicate it mm-hmm. in exacting fashion. And that's what I've seen uh, Jin. Now I've seen a Krennic. I mean, I, I met, met a whole Star Wars Rebels family before it was out. And I said, boy, I hope you like the show. 
I mean, you hope they do. You never know. I mean, once you see someone latch on, like little Krennic over there, you go, boy, I really hope you like that character. <laughs> That's the thing I think. You know, if yeah. I know something about the character and they've got it wrong, I'm like, yeah, that might not be how that goes. But it's kind of fun, too. It just, I'm a fan like that. I always like the more obscure things, mm -hmm. like Plo Koon. Everybody knows, like, Plo Koon. He did absolutely nothing in the movies. Absolutely. He sat in the chair, like, three different ways. That was it. And, uh, but as Star Wars fans, we love that. So our buddy uh, Matt Wood was there. And uh, it was revealed that he is doing the voice of all the Death Troopers and POW. I hope that means that the Death Troopers have the battle droid voice from Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's, a, that's he's given us a clue that the Death Troopers are just battle droids in Stormtrooper clothes. We talked about that before. Are the Death Troopers droids? Roger, Roger. Wait a second. Yeah. I mean, that's a well, maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, maybe if they all have the same voice, what does that mean? That's the first thing I thought was, well, who does Matt Wood do the voice of? Well, lots of stuff, but mostly he's known for droids. Yeah. So are the Death Troopers droids? Or are they clones if they're all the same voice? Either way. Mm. Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, again, those Death Troopers are 10 feet tall. Not really, but close. And they're all really skinny. They're all the same height. They're really, you know, like, what the heck are they? <sighs> yeah, and they didn't get into anything about them in uh, Catalyst, so it's still a super mystery. Not a word. Um, so the news came out that John Knoll, with the effects, he's been working two years on two minutes of the movie. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's what we were saying. I think there's going to be moments in Rogue One... That are going to be something nobody's ever seen before. I don't know. I think that's great. I think as much as the story and the characters is an important part of Star Wars, pushing technology in new directions is another important part of Star Wars. So I want to see some, some crazy stuff I've never seen before. So at the premiere, there was no George Lucas, no Episode Seven cast, and no Jiang, Jiang Wang, uh, a.k.a. Bayes. He was probably hanging out with Lucas, maybe. Yeah, that's. <laughs> they were watching Crystal Skull. Yeah, they they went to In and Out Burger. George was just like, "You want to see my private cut of Crystal Skull <laughs> with ten more minutes of uh, the monkey swinging scene?" <laughs> what are you looking at, Daddy O? He's getting away! Yeah. You can't turn that down. No. <laughs> All the in and out you can eat. I'd be like, I, you know, if I had the chance to go to the Rogue One premiere versus get in and out with George Lucas and watch even just the Blu-ray of Crystal Skull at his house, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I got to go over to Lucas's place. Yeah. Or even just, he's just like, you know, I only have it on VHS, but. This should be okay. <laughs> Did that even come out on VHS? I don't think so. If it would have, I would have bought it. <laughs> uh, so that's that's why he went. Lucas is like, you know what? I got it on VHS. <laughs> so Rogue One's doing to us. <laughs> <laughs> we got to watch Crystal Skull to stay sane. The Rogue only one is the crystal skull if you stare at it in the eyes. <laughs> it says, return. 
Sure. <laughs> Three times it drops. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been scratching pictures of two tubes all over my my prison cell. <laughs> holiday special kind of erased my memory banks <laughs> um, did we talk about uh chirrut's bowcaster and how that was built by the guardians of the wills no we did not chirrut's bowcaster at is that the disney thing or wherever they had some of the props yeah that the disney the launch bay star wars launch bay thing yeah the description said it was given to him or built by the guardians of the wills so and that was what was the temple of the wills was mentioned in the that atlas book yeah the so galactic atlas yeah what's that all about i can't even start to think about the wills how they relate to the force priestesses from clone wars what they have to do with the force and i wonder even though they've said rogue one doesn't necessarily i mean specifically doesn't tie into episode seven or eight but i wonder if they're elaborating on kind of how rebels is kind of filling in all the force stuff that's happening going forward. I mean, I th- which I think they are right with Jedi and everything, as far as the people who aren't Jedi who worship the force, which they kind of started talking about more with force awakens with, uh, Lor Santeca that maybe they're elaborating on that whole thing more where the star Wars religion that exists in the universe. So maybe some of that will carry over to episode eight and nine. Yeah. I got to think that there's going to be some sort of connective tissue between Something that's going to be talked about in Rogue One that's going to go to eight or nine. Yeah, I got to think that there's going to be something in there. And I think in did you see there was with some of the articles with Gareth Edwards too? He seemed to hint that Jetta Planet was going to be around in the future as well, and not just in Rogue One. Yeah. So either I wonder if that'll carry into Rebels or even in Episode Eight or Nine as a planet that still has some significance in the future. I hope so, because it's too interesting of a concept for this Star Wars Holy Land, or Holy Land for the Jedi, to just have it in just this one movie, in my opinion. Yeah, it seems like it's a big a big addition to the to the universe that it's going to get used. Kind of like with... Uh, Malachor? Malachor for the Sith and Dathomir for the witches. That, yeah. That's things they kind of keep going back to. Mm-hmm. So close. <laughs> it's like when people are listening to this, it's going to be Tuesday, and you only have like two more days, three more days. Yeah. For us, we're in the past right now. <laughs> <laughs> At least I got like two, three more days before Tuesday. So, okay, what, what's your what's so what's your plan with Rogue One? What what's you're going Thursday night? Like Force Awakens, I'm going to see it twice on Thursday. So seven and ten. Um, and then I got tickets to take the family on Saturday morning. Um, I know Friday's up in the air if I go see it again or not. Yeah, I'm going I'm going two times Thursday, um, same as you. And uh, I'm going to go see it Friday morning at 9.40 a.m. And then hopefully I'm going to see it again uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, I hope it's good. Uh, well, that's a, part of me I'm looking forward to is I, I probably much have, I think I have two weeks off for Christmas from work, so I should uh, be able to get caught up on 
watching it yeah. those couple weeks around the holidays. But, oh man, yeah, Thursday can't come fast enough. Cargo shuttle, what's your call sign? It's Rogue. Rogue One, punch it. The power that we are dealing with here Run. is immeasurable. We can stop them. All tasks have become one. I go where he goes. Take the next chance. And the next. Be with me. All the way. Light it up. Okay, so Gabe, we had a we had a question on Twitter from a listener and a friend, our friend Richie, and Richie has a fascinating question that I'm sure everyone has thought quite often. Um, seeing Moroff run around in the Rogue One footage makes me wonder: was the Wampa in Empire Strikes Back a mindless beast, or was it actually smart? Could he speak basic? Does he have a TV or a sweet ride? What do you think, Gabe? Was, uh, was the Wampa a mindless beast? It is a good question, because he very easily could have been stranded on Hoth. Like, I mean, I guess the Rebels weren't stranded, but yeah, he could have had a ship and crashed. Because, and, I mean, I guess we've seen with Chewbacca and Almorov, too, that you know, if you're really hairy, you don't necessarily wear clothes mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah, and we never really saw him try to talk, but, you know... We only saw him reacting to Luke cutting his arm off and then seeing him, saw him eat. And I think if you've seen me eat ribs, I can talk and uh, I don't have a sweet ride, but I can drive and I probably <laughs> look like a wampa eating ribs. So, yeah, maybe he was smart. I think he's smart because, number one, he snuck up on Luke Skywalker. And Luke has limited use of the Force at that point, but he may, still has a little bit of the Force. But he snuck up on him. And took him down from the Tauntaun. He thought to hang Luke upside down from the ice. Which was that to drain, make all the blood rush to his head or something? Or just to keep him from escaping. Yeah, and he figured out how to freeze Luke's feet into the ceiling. Which, that's a feat in itself. I wouldn't know how to do that. It's true. And even if he, like we said, I think in the past, right, he licked his, he just licked his feet or something. It's still, it's like, that's clever. Yeah, maybe he had a little uh, a lamp or something, and he melted it. Yeah, he could be a hairdryer, something. Did he have a TV? Probably. Yeah, because Luke didn't stick around. Mm-mm. He was probably watching. He was probably watching um, Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, in his Wampa Cave. I like to think that he was. Um, and, you know, seeing how of a messy eater he was, he probably kept all his uh, nice stuff in the other cave yeah. room mm-hmm. with his couch and maybe his spaceship. Yeah. Also, too, if uh, <laughs> if you if you watch the robot chicken, there's a womp. But he has he has a uh, space car in that. So 
you know, maybe those will end up being canon someday, and that's proof. Is the space car white? I don't remember. I think it's like a truck. It's like oh, a okay. flying truck. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for that question, Richie. And um, yeah, we love getting questions to answer on the show here. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer, you can write it to us on Twitter, like Richie did, or our Facebook page works too. Yeah. Oh, and we love questions from kids too. So if you know any kids that have some good questions. If you went to go see Rogue One with your kid and their kid is completely confused by some aspect of Rogue One or they just have a question in general, say, you know what? I'm going to ask those guys from Blast Points. Yep. Or I guess if kids are listening, let us know you're a kid (laughs) when you ask questions. (laughs) wonderful the mind of a child is speaking of kids we've got two new itunes reviews here that we should read and the first one is from darcy who is 10 years old and And we're so sorry it took so long to read it because it was the whole right the uk thing where itunes you yeah. have to log into different regions and all the stuff, and yeah. nobody cares. But it's yeah. it's confusing for us yeah. to find all these things. Uh, so Darcy writes, I've been listening for a little while now, and I absolutely love Blast Points. I love your logo. What did you use to make it? I am so happy to have found a podcast that likes the prequels. You are both, Jason and Gabe, funny and make interesting points about Star Wars. Five stars from Darcy, age 10. Thank you, Darcy. Yes. So what what did we use to make the logo? Um, if it well, we we just got the new one, which you came you you created, Gabe. Well, and then there was there was the old one that has uh, just blast points and Star Wars font, and it has like some paintings I did of Star Wars characters, and I I just threw it together on the internet. Nothing fancy. Yeah, or Photoshop. Yeah. Good old Photoshop. John Noll. John Noll and his brother. Okay. So our next review is from Matthew Brown. It's like in, on, on, it, on iTunes, he's Matt Brown, Matt BRW08. And it's titled Everything You Want in a Star Wars Podcast. This podcast, led by lifelong fans, fans Gabe and Jason, provides a weekly look at everything in the world of Star Wars. They usually cover any and all Star Wars news and provide interesting speculation and what it all means. The show is easy and fun to listen to and provides some of the best audio quality and hilarious editing and audio experts from the movies as comedy relief. If you're looking for a Star Wars podcast, this show has been the kitten caboodle for me, and I believe it is the show you're looking for. That's great. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7. Thank you. So you should leave a review for the show on iTunes, a five-star review. And if you do it, we'll read it on an upcoming show.
Yep. And if we don't read it right away, we will eventually when we find it. <laughs> <laughs> or if we're completely freaked out by Rogue One, we'll, we'll read it eventually. But yeah. I don't know we're if I'll hear it again. Once we get out of our Bacta tanks. I don't know if I'll be able to remember how to read after Thursday, but we'll see. Yeah. It'll be it'll be a process. You'll have to play the next episode backwards to understand us. <laughs> <laughs> While looking in a mirror. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Yeah, the next episode is going to come out on that, that Tuesday after Rogue One, and it will be the Big Blast Points Rogue One reaction episode. So, <laughs> lots of grunting. Yeah, lots of grunting. Lots of heavy breathing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Get ready for that. If you don't want to be spoiled, stay away from the internet this week. Oh, yeah. Like, reviews will start Tuesday. I think some people are seeing it Tuesday. Some people are seeing it Wednesday, depending on contests and press things and other countries. So, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a wild week. Yeah, things are going to get buck wild. Just, if you got a Star Wars, like, Facebook group that you stay on, like the, the Star Wars Podcast Alliance uh, Facebook group they've got a really great no spoilers policy if you want to freak out you can go on there um, we're not going to post anything buck wild you know so yeah it's going to get hairy out there it's going to get weird yeah if we're uh, listening to cell phone recordings of dialogue from the movie we won't tell you about it <laughs> <laughs> that's private alright uh, so yeah, but yeah, feel free, uh, listeners, uh, share when you, after you see Rogue One. Uh, we want to hear what you think too. Share it on our on our Facebook page or drop us a line on Twitter, and um, maybe in the next episode we'll share some of your reactions too. That about wraps up episode fifty three here. I think enjoy Rogue One, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs> May the 